What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Laugh. Oh, he did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Hey, man. It's just one of them days, man. It's got a heart out. That's all. I'm proud of you, man. You, you an adult. You're putting things together. You got boundaries. I respect the heart out. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 60 here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark Gunnels is out in L.A. Aaron Ladd here in KC and Steven Serta's back behind the board. What an eventful day it was here in Chiefs Kingdom. We'll talk uh, getting the band back together, if, if you will, uh, as the Chiefs reunite with someone that's very near and dear to this platform. We'll talk plenty of McCole Hardman. We'll talk Frank Clark. We'll talk Charles Aminahue as he gears up and gets ready to go. Uh, in week seven against the Los Angeles Chargers. Can't talk anything without talking you at home. And we love making y'all part of the show, whether it's hashtag C2C or our voicemail line, 816-514-1267. However y'all want to be a part of the show, we love making y'all part of the show. We got a voicemail that we'll throw up uh, a little bit later in the show. And we've already got an active chat here early. Mark Gunnels. Um. I feel bad because, you know, we always have a show sheet. We always have things that we like to get to. But when this came across, you you you, you said this in the group chat. You, you, I think we were a little surprised to see to see McCole Hardman um, traded back here to Kansas City. Let me get your initial reaction to that trade before we go any further. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely shocked, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I thought this would happen. Maybe if he got cut, I didn't see a trade happening. Um, I mean, but if it was one team to do it, I guess it would be the team that has familiarity with them, right? The team that he knows the playbook and he's a plug and play guy here in Kansas City, right? Like there's, I mean, he's not hurt from what I know. I don't see why he shouldn't play this Sunday. I mean, normally when you get, you trade for a guy, you know, you let him wait a little bit so he can get acclimated and, you know, do some apartment shopping or house shopping and get the playbook <laughs> down. You don't have to do any of that with McCall Hartman, from what I can tell. Is so. he moving back to the same apartment? He doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to even look around. Uh, he can just the lease is still there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's only been like six months, so I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have the inside source on that one, but I did tell you on this show a couple weeks ago, or was it last week that? Uh, I did know somebody very, very close to the situation, and I didn't reveal who that was at the time because, you know, I'm a very professional journalism journalist here. So um, I, I keep my relationships very close to the vest until, uh, you know, I feel like it's a good time to unveil them. So can I do that now? 
oh is this so you're revealing your so after just talking about how good of a journalist you are and you'll never reveal your sources now you're now you're gonna reveal well, your because source. now it's it's done with it's over with at this point like go ahead the, what you got the, the source was himself it was mccall hartman <laughs> we, we were messaging back and forth last week and he was like yeah he wanted to come back but obviously it was not in his hands so um something that he definitely wanted and people around him wanted to happen. Obviously was not happy with the Jets, wasn't getting playing time there. And, you know, he's back in a familiar place where I think he's going to play an instant role in this team. So the full compensation, this is according to Adam Schefter, the Jets are sending McCole Hardman and a 2025 seventh rounder to the Chiefs for a 2025 sixth rounder. That's it. That's the compensation. And the deal that he agreed to, with New York was, I believe, maxed out at four million, with the floor being around a uh, million dollars. Like, sort of, we'll double check the numbers there. But ultimately, what I think the the home run here is is like, you know, this is a cap friendly deal for Kansas City. And, and and ultimately, when I saw this come down, my initial reaction was a couple things. First part, this kind of gives you a peek into the mind on how they feel the wide receiver room currently looks and then two specific wideouts because I think McCole Hardman and the reason why I maybe said on this platform before that the Chiefs didn't need McCole Hardman is they have McCole Hardman at home it's like when your parents say can we get McDonald's it's like nah we got food at home like they have Kadarius Tony they have Sky Moore they have two guys in-house already that they've invested capital in that kind of play a similar role already Mark Gunnels so when I saw so when we were talking about this before today it was with the vein of you know they've already got some people who already do that. In my opinion, them pulling the trigger on this tells me that they don't believe long-term that Kadarius Tony can be an answer at wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or, or anything. They can't depend on him long-term. And then Sky Moore as well, they see what we see. I mean, I think maybe they kind of shared the same thought process that you did coming into the year, that he was going to be one of those guys that took the next step. But it hasn't happened through six weeks. And I think this is a very cheap deal. It's a deal, as you said, a guy who has familiarity with the offense, a guy who can move back into his old spot. Uh, Serta says it's 1.4 million cap hit the rest of the way, barring whatever incentives were built in for McCole Hardman. Look, I don't think it I don't really think it solves. And and, and I really want to get maybe where your thought process is on that. I don't think this solves Kansas City's wide receiver problem at all. I think it maybe helps. It gives maybe Patrick Mahomes a little bit more comfort on a guy who's in the room, but as far as bringing back McCole Hardman, that's it. That we, we fixed all the all Kansas City's offensive problems. I just don't think that's that's the case. Yeah, I don't think it fixes everything, but I actually does. I do think that it does solve a lot, especially when you consider this. A lot of things haven't looked easy in this receiver room, right? You've had Mahomes right now. He's on pace to have his most rushing yards in a season in his career. Not really an ideal thing for your quarterback to be running that much. I think that's a sign of either receivers not getting open or a lack of trust. And I think McCole Hartman actually does potentially solve both of those things because now he's instantly your fastest, fastest receiver without question. Yeah. And I do think Mahomes has a trust level with McCole Hartman. I think you could argue that. Does now, he though? I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I think, let's be honest. This is a guy that Mahomes really seemed frustrated with that many times well, in their relationship. But the, like, the bar is really low, though. I mean, could you? Who else besides Kelsey in this roster do you think Mahomes trusts more than McCole Harmon right now? Rasheed Rice, more than McCole Harmon? Absolutely. 
I think I think currently Rasheed Rice is their most trusted wide receiver. And I would say that even if Justin Watson was healthy, obviously, I believe another reason why this move happens at the time it does is because I, I, Justin Watson is hurt. And he didn't practice today, Wednesday, when we record this. He's another guy that Mahomes has shown trust for in the past. But I did another reason why I didn't think the McCole Hartman thing made sense is because he wasn't really on the same page with Mahomes at times when he was here. So were you just going to fix that overnight with him coming back with a new attitude from New York? They they definitely have their their faults for sure, but there was also times where they're connecting on deep balls over twenty yards, which is something this offense has not been able to see that much of this East season. And let's say if you do say Rasheed Rice is the second most trusted guy, not counting Watson because he's hurt right now behind Kelsey, then Harmon's third. I mean, I don't think you could argue that. He trusts NVS more than McCall Hardman. Definitely not Sky Moore. Um, so Justin Ross can't even get on the field. So, I mean, at worst, he's still your third most trusted pass catcher as of right now. I think that's very safe to say as the floor. And I think that matters. But my, my biggest thing to me is the cheat code aspect of this. Like I was alluding to, this offense hasn't had any real easy plays. Now those jet sweeps go from five yards to potentially house calls. We saw this guy have three touchdowns in one game against the best defense last year, the 49ers, all off of jet sweeps and in the red zone, which is the the area they struggled at last week against Denver. They actually had 400 yards of offense in that game. They were moving the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. McCall Hardman could solve a lot of your red zone issues Aaron does that intrigue you I guess you know it, you, I'm surprised you're so like you used to be a McCole backer what happened I'm, I'm a little surprised you're so you're so I, not moved by this to me the the answer for Kansas City was never add more I don't want to say mediocre because I don't think McCole Harmon is mediocre but he's not a needle mover like he you weren't going to get a top-end guy in trade and free agency anyway so I just thought Honestly, stick with the guys that you got. Give them the reps and time. Because that's another part of the equation as well. McCole Hardman coming in and you investing whatever capital you got to get him, you have to take that away from the development of Sky Moore, which we've already admitted he's not where you would have hoped so far. You're taking away from Justin Ross, another guy where people were asking for more snaps, asking for more opportunity. Like you admitting six weeks in that McCole Hardman is a solution for you all is essentially saying, we can't not that we can't win the way that we're currently built, but that we can't win a championship the way that we're currently built. And I don't know if that that's how I saw it. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as Richie James is, we haven't heard anything about him and when he's going to come back. That's true. Yeah. Justin, Justin Watson that said is not as bad as they initially thought, but still there's really no real timetable of when he's going to come back. And I think this is more about Kadarius Tony. I don't mm. think this is really going to affect Sky Moore's snaps really that much because I think the way they've been using Kadarius Tony so far, he's not even running routes past five yards. I mean, the guy is coming in and doing little wide receiver screens or reverses and jet sweeps. I think that is where you're cutting into snaps there when you have McCole Hartman coming in for 10 to 15 snaps a game, doing a little gadgety stuff. And unlike Kadarius Tony. He's not going to dance around and do all that extra stuff. That's what I think you're benefiting with McCole Hardman. His straight line speed is something that I think can be used initially. 
because he's going to just hit the hole and go, right? That's why I said those five-yard reverses could turn into 15 to 20 yards just because of having McCole Hardman on your roster. Chad is very active on this topic. Of course, this is new news for the kingdom. Think through tactical says Mahomes is a better gadget guy than Kadarius. I think he frees up 19, so Andy can actually give him route play past the line of scrimmage. As you just mentioned, Tracy has chimed in on YouTube, says Aaron is a hater with the laughing face. And Anthony says it's going to open up the wide receivers to have more space having McColl Hardman back. Appreciate y'all having uh, a lot to say about this in the chat. We're moving right along here on episode six. It's funny, though, guys, because Aaron used to like McCall Harvin. I don't dislike McCall Harvin. I'm not saying that McCall I'm not Harvin saying you don't, better, but, like, but he used to be like the McCall Harvin defender. We, <laughs> now we, we, people are calling you a hater. <laughs> we, we have more data now. I think I think we have a little bit more data now. And I, I think what you said there is right. Obviously, he's going to play an impact in special teams, and we know what he can do as a – as a returner um, yeah you think this means washington is probably put down to the practice squad now yeah man and it, and if uh, frank clark is another name that is possibly rumored i know c dot our guy already put out that he's having a physical tomorrow i mean you got to start making some room on the roster when you talk about charles minahue's move mccall Harmon's move like it's you got to start making some of these decisions now let's recap i know this was a very long time ago let's quickly recap the broncos game Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Chiefs win over the Denver Broncos, make that 16 straight over their division foe, and five consecutive wins here in the regular season. 19 8, the final wasn't pretty. In fact, it was the lowest point output of. The Patrick Mahomes era as starter here in Kansas City, kind of an eye-opening stat there. Let's hear from QB1 himself at the podium here on Wednesday about just what wasn't clicking in that win on Thursday night. It's little stuff, um, and I said it after the game, and even watching the film, you see it even more. It's it's just the little stuff that we're not executing at a high enough level, and it's not everybody, and it's different people every single play, including myself. Um, and so in this league, in order to, to have these sustained drives and score touchdowns, get in the red zone and score against good defenses, you have to execute everybody, coaches included. And I think that's that's something that we have to continue to get better and better at. And I think if we start executing at a high enough level, we have the talent um, and we have the play calls. So let's just continue to get better and better. Coaches included. Hmm. Maybe they're missing Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> Don't 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 be nasty and and go with that narrative, man. Um, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm being dead ass here, Mark. Like, okay, there's a lot of new phases on offense. Wide receivers, running backs, people miss time and training camp. Like, you're trying to get everybody on the same page. And in addition to that, you have a new voice in your ear. Yes, it's somebody you've worked with in the past, but he's changed, and so has QB one changed. I'm not saying it's the reason they went one for five in the red zone, but. I do think that it plays a factor in, you know, just trying to get everybody on the same page and, and, and mix a lot of new faces in. This is how I look at it. And, hey, this may come off as arrogant, arrogant Chiefs fan. Hey, so be it. This is how I really feel. You know, I'm coming very raw on this show, man. I'm giving it to you how I really hey, feel. Yo. Pause. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> but, uh. Nonetheless, um, I think this is a prime example of Andy Reid and company playing around with their food, seeing what they can get away with because they know it's the Broncos, Aaron, and they see what their defense is doing. 
They should have had a shutout if it wasn't for that terrible rough in the passer call or whatever that was that gave them the automatic first down. They probably don't even score in this game. They would have had a donut. So when your defense is playing at that high of a level, you know you can kind of get away with playing, calling some plays that you probably wouldn't have called in the game against a, a high-level offense that's going back and forth and is putting up points because you don't have the, the room for error. But against the Broncos, you have plenty of room for error. I mean, they did a, a wide receiver pass on a double reverse with Kadarius Toney for crying out loud. I mean, come on. They, they, were, they were playing around, man. They were just trying, to, trying out some plays. They didn't practice. The players are probably advocating for it. Like, come on, let's call this one. And, you know, Andy Reid and company, they, they, they gave in. I'm not putting too much stock into it. Now, if they have these struggles this week against the Chargers in the red zone, then, yeah, I'll come back next week with a, with a different tone. Because I think in this game, you have a more serious game plan going against the Chargers team. Yeah, they're two and three, but we know they're really, really talented. And they're playing for essentially maybe their season. I mean, if you go down to two and four, it's going to be hard to kind of climb out of that hole in the AFC, even for a wild card spot. So, look, I know it's not the cool thing to just brush it off as Andy Reid playing around with his food. They're just having fun out there. I know you want me to be super critical and hold them to the cross because they were one for five in the red zone. What are they doing? Like, let the world is ending. But I, I can't get there based on the play calling. I can't get there. They were playing around, man. Yeah, of course, I'm going to take the opposite side. Of, of course you are, you contrarian. I mean, this is just, <laughs> like, it's unacceptable. And I think the fake field goal is something that we need to have a bigger dialogue about. That just the short yard. That's an example. They were, play, they were playing around, Aaron. You can't see that? Yeah, but Kansas City hasn't been consistent enough this year to just play around, Mark. You can't point to one game this year where you said they played a complete four quarters of football Bears, outside. Bears. Of, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outside, outside of a game where they played a triple a baseball team, essentially like I, you can't, you don't have the leeway to okay, play with your fair. food yet. Like I know that banner went up week one. I know there's a lot of guys on this team that, that were part of that. This ain't that you can't just automatically assume that you'll be able to flip the switch whenever you want to. And Patrick Mahomes point blank period has not played well enough as well to be saying, oh, well, you know, we're just playing around and we're trying different stuff. Absolutely not. This was the 32nd ranked overall defense in the league headed into this game. They gave up 70 points three weeks ago, Mark Gunnels. And you put up 19 at home. I'm not flying with that. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not just going to let you off the hook with because. We're at a point now where you're trading for former wide receivers to try and help give you some continuity in the room. Like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and say like, oh, like, you know, they'll be all right and they'll figure it out. Like, no, like, I'm a little concerned. And I don't think that you can just say the defense has been balling. They're going to hold us down. Trent McDuffie is going to continue to lock up elite wide receivers. Yes, like, the Broncos, you can do that. Come on, let's be honest. No, you can't. Because you got to win the division games and the path to winning the conference is through winning the division. Like, I don't take anything for granted. I know you're arrogant Chiefs fan and you on X and, you know, you go around and puff your chest out, this and that. But I also don't think you win this game without the play of Harrison Butker, which he single handedly outscored the Denver Broncos by himself. He goes four for four from field goals and then hits an extra point, finishes with 13 points on the day. Denver scores eight. We haven't talked enough about Harrison Bucker. 
after talking pretty much exclusively about Harrison Butker for the first six weeks last last year after he got hurt and then the whole problems and all that. He's been fantastic to start the year off this this year, Mark, and they do not win in prime time without that 60-yarder also that helped kind of propel them into the second half and gave them some momentum. I'm glad you brought him up because we only talk about Harrison Bucker when he's not doing his job. I think that's not cool. It's not fair. Like, we only bring it up when it's not working. I mean, for crying out loud, not even just him, we were analyzing the long snapper and the holder last year. Remember that, Aaron? Those were dark times. (laughs) So shout out to the whole special teams unit on the, on the kicking side of things, because that that was really nasty that we're analyzing how they were snapping the ball and holding it last year. I don't think I've ever done that before. That was really, really dark. So shout out to them, man. They've been perfect thus far. And while I said, let me knock on wood. Cause uh, yeah. um, (laughs) You know, the kicker jinx is a real thing. Butker hit from 35, 60, 25, and 52 in the win over the Denver Broncos. I was kind of surprised that he didn't end up taking home a special teams player of the week award, but it went to Cleveland's kicker, I believe, who also hit a game winner in that one. But Butker's been solid all year. Wanted to give him some flowers because we have, as you mentioned, been tough on him when the going has been rough. Now that he's kind of solidified Kansas City's back into their offense, because that's another part of this equation, Mark. Like when you're deciding like, oh, we're in the red zone and like it's third and goal, what the play call might be and how do we get out of this? Like you're you're assuming that on fourth down, he's going to come through and knock it through. And that's been a safe assumption through six weeks so far this year for Kansas City. One to give buttkicker.com some love. Let's go to our grab bag really quickly. We're moving fast here because Diva Mark has an engagement to get to after the record here on Wednesdays at six is when we go live on YouTube or wherever you listen to uh, your favorite Arrowhead pride podcast. Let's talk Frank Clark, man. Second week in a row where there's possibly been some rumblings that he reunites with Kansas city, stronger rumblings today coming from my friend Carrington Harrison over at 610 sports radio. He posted on X source, Former Chiefs D lineman Frank Clark will be getting a physical done tomorrow. That's Thursday at the Chiefs team facility. Frank Clark also posted on X that his flight lands Thursday in Kansas City. That was the extent of that. So reading the tea leaves here, Mark Gunnels, I I, want to phrase it a little bit differently. Is this the right move to bring in Frank Clark? Not should the Chiefs bring in Frank Clark because it kind of sounds like things are moving in that direction. Is this the right move to bring in Frank Clark at this point in time? Yeah. I mean, I think similar to McCole Hartman, it's really not a downside to this move. I mean, you bring him in, he's going to be in a limited snap rotation, especially in the regular season. But the main thing for me is his leadership what he brings to that room from an emotional standpoint, how he can coach up the young guys. We saw last last year during training camp, right, when he would stay extra with George Karloftis, working on some moves and things of that nature. I think you could have a similar situation with Felix, you know, a guy that's, you know, still trying to find his footing in this league as a rookie, has a couple flashes here and there, but, you know, you're looking for him to have a more impact as the second half of the season unveils itself here in a couple of weeks. So I just think from that standpoint, it's, it's a good move. I mean, it's going to be pretty much for free. I mean, it's going to be, I'm sure a really, really cheap deal, obviously. And you make Chris Jones happy, right? I mean, Chris Jones has been advocating for his best friend, 
uh, Frank Clark for months now, it seems like. So even before he got his contract. So, yeah, I mean, I think overall, I don't see what the downside is. And then also, <laughs> the most important thing is you get more uh, Aaron Ladd on-field interviews with Frank Clark after the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead this year. The Arrowhead Invitational finally has its uh, court jester. You can't have the Arrowhead Invitational. Yeah, I mean, it, it, make, it helps you to go viral even more. So, I mean, because there's, there's nothing better than an on-field Frank Clark interview right after emotional win. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I'm much more green light on Frank Clark than McCole Harvin because I feel like, honestly, Kansas City is not in a position to need. This is the first time in a very long time where I can say Kansas City's D-line really doesn't need Frank Clark anymore. Like, maybe if you asked me this question seven weeks ago before the season started, I would have had a different answer. But with the data that we have six weeks in, and we already know they're adding Charles Minahue in, who we'll talk about very shortly here on the on the podcast I feel like Frank Clark is more icing on the cake now than he is really like the sugar or the flour or the egg. You know what I mean? Like what he could give you at this point in time is that closing sack in the playoffs. You can almost keep him on ice. I've, I've heard maybe creative ways on how Kansas City might have to pull him up to the roster. We were talking about 53 man and maybe he could be a practice squad signee that kind of sits on ice for a little bit and they elevate him late in the year. Make sure that his body is right. Like at this point in time, the Chiefs are playing with a little bit more house money on the defensive side of the ball. I think what you mentioned and we talked about on this platform before about maybe easing some of the tensions with Chris Jones and helping get back on his good graces, maybe give him a reason to smile and be happy to come into work a little bit more. Uh, if this happens, it's it, it, it's more of a want than a need for Kansas City, in my opinion. And as Gary pointed out in the chat in, in YouTube, he's a monster in the playoffs. I think he's third all time in, in postseason sacks after the run that he had last year. I mean, that that experience right there is invaluable, Mark. And yeah, and I'm glad uh, he mentioned that because I was going to bring this up as well. Another thing to keep in mind, he already has two rings, right? I'm sure he wants a third one. Who doesn't want to win more? But I think even more a motivating factor for him, he's only three sacks away, Aaron, from being the all-time leader in playoff sacks. Three. So theoretically, you can get that in this postseason. If you yeah. play three or four games, right, you go to the Super Bowl, that's at least four games, assuming you get the bye, right? So, hey, I mean, that is possible. So that's a motivating factor. I mean, if that were to happen, let's say in a perfect world, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Frank Clark becomes the all-time postseason sack leader in the Super Bowl, gets that one sack he needs because he already gets like two in the previous playoff games. At that point, if you're Frank Clark, you just retire, right? You just go out into the sunset. You're the all-time leader in postseason sacks. You just won your third Super Bowl. I mean, hey, I think that's the really the ultimate uh, motivation factor of your Frank Clark because you were not seeing the playoffs in Denver, buddy. <laughs> he was seeing them. He was just seeing them from the couch. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was seeing them. You and I were seeing them. Yeah, <laughs> we know uh, Frank Clark's status still up in the air, but we know Charles Aminahue is back in the fold with the World Champion Chiefs. Chris Jones talking from the podium on Wednesday about what it'll mean to have the offseason edition finally back in the fold and a part of that defensive line. A lot of fun. I think you can never have enough pass rushers. I think he's a guy who brings a lot of versatility to our room, um, to our team especially. You know, um, thankful he's back. 
ready to insert him in and uh, utilize his ability, especially on pass rush talents. And he knows the system, fresh legs. Are you sensing the energy of him like he can't wait to get out there? Yeah, he's super excited. Uh, we just got to make sure he knows the plays and all the checks and everything. But we're excited to get him back. Uh, he's excited to be back, and um, we're ready to add that addition to this defense line. I don't think there's too much here. He's happy to be back. A key part of the unit. KC saw um, obviously something in him when they acquired him. I'm sure they knew that this was coming. They withstood the suspension, and they only lost one game. So, <laughs> Ultimately, this has got to be seen as a win for uh, for Kansas City's defense, which is already playing extremely well out the gate. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. I mean, we always mention it how this Chiefs defense typically starts slow under Steve Spagnola, and the fact that they're playing such a high level right now. I mean, top three, probably defense if you look at all the metrics, definitely top five in the league right now. And then you're adding Charles Amina, who who before the year, I I, I thought he was going to be the second sack leader on this team behind Chris Jones, which still could be possible because behind Chris Jones, I think the second guy is Mike Dana with three and a half. So, I mean, it's not that big of a gap. If a minute who just comes in and starts wrecking the game. So it's, that still can happen. But I mean, you're talking about a guy that was in a rotation with the Niners. We know how good their defense line has been throughout the years. So now he's playing on the team that I think he can get heavier, a heavier snap load. And he's only 26 years old, so he's kind of right in the thick of what could be his uh, prime. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go ahead and preview the Chargers matchup. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. It is the 5-1 Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the 2-3 Los Angeles Chargers Sunday. 325 kick from GEHA Field 
at Arrowhead Stadium. This is the second of three straight AFC West matchups for the World Champion Chiefs. And I had two words down to kind of kick off this preview, if you will. Hungry Herbert, question mark. CDOT had me on. I'm on the drive every Tuesday at 2.30. And he told me the jury's out on Justin Herbert. He's done. He's a, he's a stat filler. He's not going to win games. He's going to get a lot of numbers. He might win you your fantasy league. But he's already sold and give out, given up on, on Herbert as far as what he could be. I think he's even decided that Tua has the, the higher ceiling long-term, which is a conversation. Oh, my gosh. Did he really say that? <laughs> I don't want to put that on his jacket, actually. <laughs> anyway. Justin Herbert's two and three this year. He's got a 69% completion percentage, a hair over 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. You, I think you like hinted at this a little bit earlier, but like, is this it for Justin Herbert? Is this the make or break game for, for obviously winning the division this year? And then if they don't, if they don't even make the playoffs this year, as far as how people see him as a quarterback in the league. No, it shouldn't be if you're um, if you're being honest about the situation, I would say, and because the ultimate scapegoat is going to be Brandon Staley. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs this year, we already we already know that's pending as far as him being the Chargers head coach moving forward beyond this year. So I, I think he will still get the grace from people that are, you know, being honest about the situation. Now you bring in a new head coach and it's a guy that the consensus pretty much thinks is a good fit for Herbert, and then the similar things continue, then I think you're at the point where you could start saying things about that, uh, about Herbert, about him never going to be able to win, and he's a stat filler guy. He's always going to get the numbers but never win big. But I, I think when you have a guy like Brandon Staley as your head coach who, I mean, a lot of people question, was he even qualified to be a head coach? Uh, there, I, I think you you deserve some grace because the decision making there is something that we always talk about with him. You know, going forward on fourth down in your own thirty yard line and things like that. I mean, to just very very uh, wild Madden like decisions that you would do if you're playing it on rookie, not decisions you will make in the National Football League. I mean, just this past week on Monday night, I'm not sure if you watched the game or not. It was ten to seven, and it was in the third quarter. This is yeah. a game, like I said, 10 to 7. So obviously points were hard to come by. They were in Cowboys territory, fourth down. They went for it instead of taking the three. Like I said, 10 to 7 points were hard to come by in this game. You you take the points there. And guess how many points they lost by, Aaron? Three. They lost by three points. I mean, there's been plenty of examples of him making those decisions that essentially cost the Chargers games. So I, I can't get there. And putting it mainly on Justin Herbert when you got Staley there. A couple more numbers as we look at this Chiefs-Chargers matchup here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 60. Patrick Mahomes is 7-3 and three as a starter against the Los Angeles Chargers. Andy Reid 15-5 and five against the Bolts. And KC has won three straight against this opponent. I think it's, I mean, we can throw the numbers out there. We can, it's kind of hard to even like, it's hard to do this, man. It's hard to be as dominant as Kansas City has been against the division. This year has picked up as they consistently have left off. The Chargers seem to be that team that every year someone is like, oh, well, they, they've got the pieces to make it work, right? Like if you look at it on paper, you know, they've got the talent to be able to put it together and make a run at the division crown. But 
I think Mike Williams is already out for the year. Austin Eckler is coming back off a long absence. Justin Herbert, as we mentioned, has played it consistently. Their coach seemingly continues to put them behind the eight ball. What's the line on this one? You you, you down in Vegas, right? Yeah, Chiefs are favored by five and a half right now. Chiefs favored by five and a half, and I'll go ahead and say this. Kansas City puts the division away if they if they win this game here. I mean, it, it will put them up two and a half, I believe, or or, or three if, if if they were to win this game. I don't see any way in which they surrender that lead if they come and win this game at home against the Chargers. Now, it's a big if, and as the chat has pointed out, Anthony Boyd on YouTube says, Chiefs better be ready because the Chargers always play us close and they better not play conservatively at all. This is a team that beat Kansas City at home last year, I believe, right? Like they, they, or was that two years no, ago? No, that was two years ago. That was two, two years, years ago. ago the Amazon yeah. game. They all bleeding together. <laughs> um, it is a division game still. Anybody can get beat. Um, but I think, especially coming off the performance that Kansas City put on tape last time around, they're going to be as motivated as ever to put their their full four quarters together. Yeah, I mean, this is a team, like I, like you said, they always seem to play games down to the wire. It seems like it always comes down to like a Travis Kelsey game-winning touchdown or even like the home game last year you alluded to. That was the, the Jalen Watson pick six game. Remember the 99-yard uh, return? That. Yeah, yeah, where the Chargers were on the doorstep of winning that game. You know, that play altered, th- altered things, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I expect this to be another close game. And – they're going to be super desperate. I mean, we're talking about Brandon Staley being super aggressive. I think now it's an overdrive this week, considering they're two and three. You you don't want to fall to two and four. It's a division game on the road. And I mean, let's face it, Brandon Staley at this point is every week he's coaching for his job. I mean, so I, I mean, if, if you're going to go out, I think he's going to go out um, with, with, with the way he knows how, and that's to be super aggressive. I mean, I wish there was an over-under on how many fourth downs he attempts in this game. I, I think, think you can find that somewhere. You can probably find that somewhere. I, I think the number should at least be three and a half. You think that's fair? Three and a half? I'm not trusting any of your betting advice. No, but I'm, no, I'm saying that if you were to set the, the number for how many attempts they go for it on fourth down, I think you would probably set it at three and a half. I think that would be the best number. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's a good number. Yeah, I think I'll probably go over. I think they go four on fourth down at least four times in this game. I, I think it's going to be – the defense is going to have to make extra stops on stops, man. They're going to be ultra aggressive. I'm expecting that. But also, one more point about the Justin Herbert thing. Yeah. You mentioned the injuries. I didn't even get to that. That's another part of it. It seems like every year, not only do they have injuries, it's always to like the key players. It's not just like, you know, the, the backup safety or – you know, the, the the rotational edge, it'd be like Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, Derwin James, Keenan Allen hamstring, like Austin Eckler. Like, it's always, like, the main guys outside of Herbert. Even he had to deal with a rib injury last year that he played through. So, nah, Justin Herbert's still a top-five quarterback in this league, man. Top five? He's in my top five. I got him at five, though. I think he's at five. You mentioned the injury report. Let's look at it. We got our practice reports from Wednesday from both the Chiefs and the Chargers. For Kansas City, it was just Justin Watson who did not practice. I believe Andy Reid called it an elbow contusion. I've seen some reports that called it a dislocated elbow. Will be interesting to see and interesting to monitor if he stays up or maybe ends up on IR as he tries to rehab from that. Nick Bolton, George Karloftis, Travis Kelsey, LeJarrius Sneed. Kadarius, Tony, all full participants 
nursing knocks themselves. And you mentioned the Chargers, who always seem to have some sort of injury to key players. Joey Bosa limited on Wednesday with a toe injury. And Justin Herbert, a full participant with a left finger. Nothing too major yet. I will monitor Bosa's practice habits as we lead up. And they're on a short week because they play Monday night. That's right. That was a home game for them? Yeah. Okay. Let's get to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elise Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Had a bounce back week, huh? You starting to stack them together. I'm proud of you. I mean, really, there was only only one way to go was up. <laughs> Every time I'm like on the verge of like, okay, you might have to end this segment. I I I find a way to do just enough to to keep it up. <laughs> I love how like you know, there is no pushing through for Mark Gunnels. It's just like I'm gonna just end this. I'm gonna just end this. <laughs> I mean, back to back zero and three weeks, bro. That would be ugly. <laughs> when going gets tough, the tough in the segment here in Vegas. And Mark, we are down in Vegas. Mark Gunnels is our NFL betting expert. He gives three plays every week. You need that three and zero week, man. It relates to the Chiefs game, and I don't think you've had a three and zero week. I yet. haven't. I have no three and zero week. So we're still aiming for that as we enter Week Seven of the National Football League. Chiefs Chargers. I want to quickly recap your plays from last week. It was a good week for you. Two and one overall. You had the first quarter spread on the Chiefs. At two and a half, the Chiefs were what at that one leading by a field goal after Bring that. Nothing. <laughs> Mark Gunnels cashed that. Rasheed Rice receiving yards. I believe you took the over. The number was 29 and a half. Yeah, that was easy. I hope Vegas never gives you that number again because that is just that is just unfair. Rasheed Rice finished with four catches for 72 yards. It's Patrick Mahomes' most trusted wide receiver. Uh, so far this year, according to Aaron Ladd, the one miss, and it was a close one, man. It, it, it was close, and this was the game script that you needed, right? Denver was down, and they were chasing points, throwing the ball a lot. Somehow, Jerry Judy, the, the number was four and a half, and I believe he only finished with three catches yeah, or 14 yards. So a two-and-one week for Mark Gunnels in week six brings him to seven and 11 on the year. You're, you're, uh, you're Jamar Chase. You you always open, always open, huh? (laughs) Vegas is always open for Mark Gunnels. He's seven and eleven, hoping for a three and a week in week seven. Mark, what you got for us? All right, once again, got three plays for you guys. And my first one, I'm actually going to the defensive side of the ball here on a player prop. Wow, they got they got Chris Jones available for for a sack at zero point five. I'm taking the over. He's had a sack in every game so far. Justin Herbert is known for holding on to the ball a little long because he has uh, arm arrogance, if you would, and he has pretty good pocket awareness, but he he hangs in there a lot longer than your typical quarterback. So I think Chris Jones was, will be able to get home at least once in this game. You're at home, the Arrowhead crowd, you know, you get a little advantage with the snap count there with the offensive line not being able to hear things. So I think Chris Jones continues his streak and at least gets one sack in this game. And then as far as the other side, I'm going with the Chargers. Keenan Allen, I'm taking his under on receiving yards at 77 and a half. He's cleared this number in three of his last four games, but he hasn't played the Chiefs. The Chiefs this year have been known to shut down your number one receiver. I mean, it started 
pretty much since week two. I mean, week one, St. Brown had a pretty good game for the Lions. But week two, shut down Calvin Ridley. You know, week three, I mean, DJ Moore, I think he only had like 20-something yards. You know, uh, Garrett Wilson had a pretty good game. But Jettis only had, what, 28 receiving yards, I believe? Yards, yep. And then the Broncos, they didn't really do much at all. So I think, especially without Mike Williams there, you can show more attention to Keenan Allen. So I feel very comfortable with him hitting the under at 77 and a half. And then my last play is another under, but this is on the total points on the game. Right now it's at 48. I think that's too much. I think that's giving a little too much respect to the Chargers offense and disrespecting the Chiefs defense a little bit. And then the Chiefs offense still hasn't looked that great. I think 48's a little much. I think this game is like a 24 to 20 type of game when that's only 44 points or 24 to 17. It's only 41 points. I don't see either team scoring 30 in this game to help push that number, get up to 48. So I'm taking the under there on a total points at 48. So my three plays is the over on Chris Jones sacks at 0.5, the under on Keenan Allen receiving yards at 77 and a half, and then the under on the total points of the game at 48. I like how you've changed up your strategy. You know, when you were losing early in the year, it was a lot of over bets. It was a lot of points, high <laughs> Mahomes, high yardage. I want Kelsey. To, now you've kind of been a little bit more deliberate. You know, you're going around the board a little bit more. I'll pick my lad lock here, and it's Chris Jones. He's going to stay red hot. This kind of reminds me of Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak on the other side. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> like when you're rolling red, keep rolling red. As long as Chris Jones is on this streak, I'm riding with you. I don't think he, I mean, uh, one sack, that, that that's nothing. That's easy money. I like that. Um, and I like this. This, this, this I don't want to jinx. <laughs> Maybe this is the 3-0 and week. You, you just like the strategy I'm going with here. I, I'm mixing up the plays. <laughs> I'm finding some good value on unders. You know, I, I've, I've scanned the board a little bit more than usual this week. So let's see how it goes. I'm proud of you. I want to apologize to our guy. I forgot what his name was, but he left us a voicemail listening or looking ahead to the Chargers game. His name was crap. Duncan Gilbert. Thank you for the voicemail, Duncan Gilbert. <clears throat> Sorry we didn't get to it this time around. Appreciate the voicemails. 816-514-1267. If y'all want to chime in with us, we love hearing y'all. We love making y'all part of the show. I'm scrolling through the chat one time quickly before we get out of here. As I mentioned, Mark Gunnels has an autograph signing that he has to get to outside of this. So we're trying to get it. We're trying to get out of here as quickly as possible. But make sure that y'all get taken care Hold of. On, I, I got I got one more thing for you. I, I, I got another few minutes to spare from my heart out. Oh, um, OK. Well, can we get into uh, Big 12 Media Day? You were there today. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, how, how was it covering the, the future, the future national champion Kansas Jayhawks? How was the vibe? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> uh, I love the Big 12's connection to Kansas City. It's been really cool. I'm not a Big 12 guy by heart, you know. I'm an SEC guy, and uh, but it's cool, man. I, I I have relationships around the league now. It's 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 cool to to run into people, and it's like a you know it's like a family reunion when you run into people at, at these type of things. Um, Bill Self seemed. Um, re-energized, especially considering a lot of the things that happened down the stretch last year. He mentioned that he was unable to play or unable to 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 be with the team the last time they played um, in the tournament because of his health scare. Um, not just the not just the NCAA tournament, but the Big Twelve tournament as well, which is held here in Kansas City. So good to see him. 
Good to see the the team. Hunter Dickinson, a lot of expectations from him as well. And then Jerome Tang entering here too, man. A lot of a lot of Cats fans are uh, hoping that they can they can ride to the to the Elite Eight again. And they've got new phases. You know, like college sports is so different now at the transfer portal. It's essentially like you're you're meeting a new team every year. Essentially, like it's 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 almost rare for guys to have like returners. It's like oh, like yeah. good to see you again. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, you're back. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, Serta chimes in. The Chiefs' last five games against the Chargers have all gone over 48 points. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be the first one in the last in the last six to, to go under. Well, Thank to be fair, Sutter, the Chiefs' defense hasn't been this good during those last five matchups. Use some context, Serta. This is the best Chiefs' defense we've seen since the 90s. Oh, Lord. Do you think McCall Hartman <laughs> plays on Sunday? I don't see why not. And as long as he's healthy, yeah, I think he gets out there for a few snaps. Maybe even punt return. I'd be interested. To, I want to watch the practice. and The Chiefs, as we were recording this, we record Wednesdays at 6. <clears throat> the Chiefs officially announced the move. So I wonder how quickly he gets processed through. And I know the jersey number is another thing that people are putting the tea leaves together on that because 17 is gone, 6 is gone, 4 is gone. Could McCole Hardman be Kansas City's first number zero? Zero, could, baby. Could, he, could zero be activated? Yeah, agent zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm all for the zero on him. I think that would look hard, actually. I think Kansas City is, like, secretly, like, you know, they don't. And he's so old school. He doesn't want anybody to wear a zero. You know, right. That's just right. like his pet feed. No fun. No fun, league. <laughs> All right, I got a hard out, man. I, I was about to say, I'm good. At- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you guys you guys don't get me much longer than this. I'm out. <laughs> For Mark, Aaron, Steven Serta behind the board, Coast to Coast Boys, we out of here. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.